0: you don't know the power of the dark side i'm not a baby i'm a man i am an anchor man
1: is this a kissing book the way i see it
0: if you're gonna build a time machine into a car why not do it some style hello welcome along to the latest season of just like in the movies brought to you by gkmedia.ie lisa how are you getting on with the whole thing at the moment
1: uh which whole thing now are we talking about here the technology of this evening or covid or uh netflix and binging on everything
0: we are not going to admit that we've been technically testing for the last two hours trying out different things and ended up relying <laughs> on doing it this way uh how are you getting on more so with the fact of the global pandemic
1: Ah, oh, the global pandemic. Ah, oh, it's a breeze. I'm uh, only messing. Um, yeah. So I'm just kind of uh, very, very bored of not having anywhere to go. Um, just going to work and coming home, and that's about it. And I get to go to work, which is great. Mm. Um, but uh, just not having any kind of cultural outlets, shall we say, is uh, is kind of it's getting a bit jarring at this stage. But you know, hey, so we got to keep on trucking and keep on going till uh. To the fat lady sings, and the and COVID is gone. So, got to keep well, the best Twenty twenty
0: four is just around the corner.
1: Indeed, it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dave, you've been working from home for the last twelve months, really, since it happened.
2: Yeah, Uh yeah. I mean, prior to COVID, I used to work from home one day a week anyway. So I'm kind of almost used to it. But uh, you know, now it's full time, and I'm kind of stuck at home. But you know, same as the rest of the world. So we, I can't really complain because, as Lisa said. We are lucky ones. Our jobs have continued. And my heart really goes out to the people who are, you know, their incomes are affected by this. Uh, But, you know, bank accounts can be healed. Uh, Human beings can't. So we're all going to do our best and um, just keep the head down. And I mean, for me, it was weird because I realized how much of a hermit I am when a global pandemic and lockdown came along. And my life didn't change that much because I like to be at home with my dogs and my work and the movies. But I do miss going to the movies. I do miss... Queuing up, getting my popcorn, getting my you know big gallon of coke and a bag of sweets, and getting settled in and getting to my seat and enjoying the atmosphere of the people around me, and then you know the trailers and what's your man's name Gerald Farley or whatever the guy who goes this is a 16th movie or whatever, and you the, just <laughs> build up the build up of I'm getting to watch a movie, and then it's more excitement. Whereas you just press play on Netflix, it's not the same sensation of you know event. So I miss that. I really do.
0: And This is what I was talking about before we started recording this podcast uh, is that the Irish, well, a minister in the Irish government recently said that this year, 2021, they expect to hold outdoor events with a maximum gathering of 50 people, which means when it comes to indoor events, they're not going to be allowing 50 people, which means it could be another year of cinemas completely closed, which sucks. Yeah,
2: it sucks. I mean, it's sad for us as cinema as cinephiles, but it's extra sad for the actual cinemas themselves. I'm not talking about the cinemas like the, the bigwigs who make millions of cinemas all over the years. I'm talking about the people who work in the cinema, the people who run the cinema for us, the ushers, the, the ticket sellers, uh, the programmers, all the people who work in the cinema, projectionists, etc. even though it's all digital now. But there's still people who work in the cinema, and that's their job. And that's mm. really tough for them. Um, so I feel my heart goes out to them because they give us, they work to give us our Saturday night, Sunday night, Friday night, whatever joy, and and uh, my heart goes out to them. So plus the fact that there's a James Bond movie in existence for twelve months now, and it's not stored in my brain yet. That's mm. really, really <laughs> tough for me to swallow. I can tell you.
0: And that Bond movie, No Time to Die, they've announced that it's. Officially, they announced on Twitter that it's October now it's coming out.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's been, it's postponed. Like, first of it was March last year. Then it was October. Then it was March this year. And now it's October this year again. So, you know, who knows?
0: Okay, well, let's talk about what's providing a bit of escapism and fun for us at the moment. And what I love about something Netflix have recently done is they've started getting the old cheesy 80s stuff back again, whether it's showing the original stuff or doing spin-offs of them. Things that we loved as a kid, we get to see again. And if anyone remembers the Karate Kid in the 80s, Wash On, Wash Off, and How to Wax Your Car, and so on, you hopefully know the fact that there's a spin-off of that movie with the original actors and characters of the movie. It's on Netflix. It's called Cobra Kai. They're into the third season. And I only found out about it Uh, about six months ago, or registered with me six months ago. I've watched all three seasons now. I said it to you because, Dave Cohen, you were giving off about the idea of even this show, but I watched it all. I loved it. Uh, I was delighted with even one of the female characters that appeared during season three, really. Spoiler alert, easy now, easy. Uh, Okay, Well, um, well, put it this way. Every season brings back one or two characters from the original movies, and it's like wow, cool. But you're the reviewers. Uh, Were you more impressed than you expected to be with Cobra Kai, Dave? Coin.
2: Well, first of all, I'm going to just follow up on what you just said there about people that they bring back in various uh, uh, seasons, and I'm just going to chance my arm here because I'm only on season one, and I'm going to say, just do they do they shoehorn someone in in season three, perhaps?
0: <laughs> mm. They bring them. Back from the future. Yeah. you (laughs) flickers.
2: I love the fact, that's why I love Lisa Tracy, because I can say a weird thing like that, and she gets it and she laughs. But anyway, (laughs) first of all, yes. When I first heard this, I was, and this, I believe this was on YouTube first. It was originally launched on YouTube about two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. And it got a little bit of a blip on the radar and was like, oh, Cobra Kai. And it's. I was like, I was, I personally was like, yeah, whatever. You know, no interest. Could be crap, probably crap. And then, obviously, for this show, we decided that we would review it. And you said to me, oh, it's on Netflix. I thought, oh, great. It's on Netflix. That's handy. I don't have to be YouTubing on my TV because I'm old school. I like reasonably traditional stuff. And I was very skeptical. I was skeptical. I was like, this is kind of... I was literally like eye-rolling as the Netflix ba came up. I was like, oh, God. Absolutely marvelous. It is an absolute gem. It's like... It does a match cut shot from the original Karate Kid movie in the opening scene. It opens with the finale of the Karate Kid movie from 1984. Match cuts the final shot. And it's almost like a character transference from the movie. Uh, Daniel LaRusso, played by Ralph Macchio, is our hero in the movie. But in this one, our main protagonist is now Johnny Lawrence, played by William Zabka. And it literally transfers. It's like a seance. We now have a new character and it does a match cut between him lying on the mat after getting his ass kicked to him lying in a bed with a hangover 30 years later. And it is a masterful piece of storytelling, this Cobra Kai. Absolutely masterful. They spent 20, I counted it, I stopped, paused and said, what an amazing piece. There's 20 minutes of the opening episode that is literally just a character exposition for Johnny Lawrence. So Johnny Lawrence if nobody remembers it was the bad guy, one of the junior bad guys in the original movie who who Daniel famously kicks him in the face with the um with the crane style kick famously and beats him up. And 30 years later he is, you know, the bad guy or in this case he's the anti-villain. And we spend 20 minutes. It's almost like the montage at the beginning of Up where you get this mm. life condensed down into mm. to get empathy for him and in into over 20 minutes we see that he is a reasonably decent human being but the world is beating him down and beating him down yeah, yeah, yeah. and beating him down and it just goes from there masterful characterization wonderful dramatic irony throughout this whole show and i'm i think i'm on like episode 6 or 7 and as you guys both know i'm very busy and for me to go from episode one to episode six in like three days is not normal so fabulous
0: yeah uh, i'm glad you enjoyed it and i do like the fact how daniel arouse was able to, or his character is able to kind of take the mickey out of the the cool 80s icon that he was and and flip it uh lisa have you gotten through all three seasons i have
1: watched every single moment of cobra kai because i am so dedicated uh That's yeah nice. absolutely loved it i thought it was hilarious I think the writing in this show is just masterful like I wasn't a big karate kid fan like because it just kind of was a bit eerie for me as a kid it just I don't know I just didn't I love I love the bits with like like the karate obviously from the olden days but like just the there's so many quips in this show like the kids just they're they're so funny like all of them they're just they're just very very funny especially like the nerdy kids uh, nerdy kids as you would say but um i just i just think it is really well written i love the way everything kind of streams in and out and i love the people that may appear from wherever they may appear um not naming any names but uh I just I and I love the way it was turned around as well that it was like Johnny is now the hero or the anti-hero or whatever you want to say and then it's like Ralph Macchio's character uh Danny LaRusso is kind of a bit of an egypt well not an Egypt, but he's just he's a he's a bit annoying like he's a bit yeah, he's just he's just a full little bit annoying. He's a bit full of himself, and he's a bit he's a bit he's a bit cheeky. I thought I was like, you know, that was kind of an illegal move what he did, uh, in the final scene of the credit kid. But you know, he's he's still kind of plugging away at it but i really I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very funny, very easy to watch those episodes like they're not long they're not like forty minutes yeah. they're they're twenty something minutes and they're they're really snappy episodes and just really really well done and I just love the style and it's great to great to see something be brought back that c- more life is put into it that you didn't think was gonna be possible. but they did it
0: I thought the the final episode in season two. Careful now, careful, careful. I'm not giving away anything. It was one of the best episodes I've ever seen.
1: Yes.
0: Uh, Just in terms of action and everything, just thought it was amazing.
1: Yeah.
0: People have said to me they thought season three lost its way a little bit, that it was leaning a little bit on the success and the charm of the previous two seasons, and it didn't really find itself as a standalone season. What do you think about that, Lisa?
1: yeah I would kind of agree with that especially um towards the end of it it was just it was getting a bit with with the fight scenes shall we say they just were getting out of control like it was a bit ridiculous you know they were they were kind of they were very cheesy you know the the the, the trash talk and all that kind of stuff that's going on with the with the different characters and uh, uh you know it wasn't it wasn't great, but you know it's these things they come to a head and they might get better again, you know so Let's see what the next season brings.
0: Okay, Dave Coyne, out of 10 for Cobra Kai of what you've seen so far? Of what I've seen so far,
2: it's a solid 9 out of 10 for me. And I just want to add something in there. Like, even the little throwaway jokes that are so meta, it's wonderful. Like, the, the new karate kid, as I call him, the nerdy guy with the braces who's being trained by Johnny Lawrence, he's washing the windows at some point, and he's like, does it matter which way I wash the windows? And Johnny Lawrence sipping a beer goes, No, I don't care. And it's it's just throwing the whole wax on, wax off stuff out the window. And even yeah. the 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 whole web of this person who is this family is dealing with this guy and the you know the interweaving of the alliances, it reflects mm. across the three movies. The three movies where in the third movie uh uh John Creese who was this bad sensei at the beginning he gets his friend this millionaire guy to pretend to be a homeless bum to dupe Daniel LaRusso into you know all this stuff all this it's just so good such a reflection of the original trilogy and so good so a good solid 9 out of 10 for me and I'm only on episode 6 I will be binging away on Karate Kid I can assure you
0: yeah you you'll really be impressed when you get to the end of season 1 uh, Lisa, out of ten,
1: I would say I'd give it a good eight, which is pretty good. Uh, yeah. Just the last season just didn't uh, didn't have the same punch uh, or kick butumch as the other two.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Perfect, excellent. Well, let's stay with Netflix at the moment because Galway girl Nicola Coughlin is back on Netflix with a show called Bridgerton, which I think. I mean, Netflix don't really release the figures. Uh, they only did so recently for the Queen's Gambit, which got sixty two million views, household views, but uh 82. 82, million 82 million. It's the, highest, it's the biggest wow. it's the
2: biggest Netflix release in history.
0: Wow, okay. Um but Bridgerton mm-hmm. uh, came out on I think it was Christmas Eve. Uh, yeah, Bridgerton no Christmas was Day. Christmas Day. Now, I am just, we'll go to you first, Lisa, but Dave, you were saying you're very curious to hear Lisa's reaction to this. Why?
1: Yeah, Dave, why?
2: Well, I used to subscribe to the whole um, demographic thing, right? So if somebody makes something about, you know, cars and explosions, you might think, oh, that's right up Dave Street because, you know, he's a car guy. And then you kind of think in an old-fashioned sense, okay, they make something like this. It's primarily made for for women. You know, you have this demographic uh, preconceived notion. So I'm really curious. And for those of you who are wondering, Lisa and I have not spoken about this. I have no idea whether she loves it, whether she hates it. I have no idea. So I am just really curious because I have some follow-up to tell you about what I think about it in a minute.
1: Okay. Okay. Well. I'm at it. Sorry, I've got to start moving. Um I didn't like yeah, it. When you, you keep moving, you look like Marie Antoinette. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, sorry. Apologies on our final
0: minute.
1: <laughs> Just, day. Um I did not like it. I struggled to get through every single episode. I was like, okay, fine, okay, fine. W- it might get better soon. Oh, it might get better any day now, but no, it doesn't get any better. I thought it was all right. Like, it's all right. It's not great. It's just, it's, it's just a soap, but it's in period costume. That's all it is. It's, it's nothing spectacular. It's like Grey's Anatomy, except if they're in period costume. It's all very.
0: It's, it's, (sighs) it's normal people in the 1800s.
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe I, I definitely don't think so. Um like I in all fairness okay that's that's let's, let's recap a bit here the costumes are excellent beautiful costumes except the colors of the not the Bridgertons the other side what are they called Featheringtons or something The Featheringtons oh my god their clothes are disgusting I hate the colors they're horrible and they never had those kind of colors back in the day I really don't think so but I loved, I loved the oh the sets, the ca- the houses, the furniture, everything, all that, really great. Um, but ugh. oh, and your man, the only reason anyone is watching it is because of the duke, okay? The main character, man, person, that's.
0: Maybe um, you just watched it for him.
1: I what about- maybe maybe I did, but I was also watching it to find out was it actually going to get funny or interesting or intriguing. But it didn't really. And it was like, oh, who's this lady? What, what's the name of the person? I can't even... This is how bad I, I feel that it was. That I don't even remember. Bridgerton, was not it? No, not Bridgerton. The, na- the lady, Whistledown or whatever her name was. Well, the, yeah, 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 the one yeah. who wrote the wrote Jimmy, this Julie show. Julie Andrews. Yes, yeah. Julie Judy, Judy Andrews. But really... We won't say who it really was, mm-hmm. but it. Uh, I just felt that they were really, really long episodes that were unnecessarily long. Like I, I was coming from watching Cobra Kai, which was like snappy, short, funny, um, just, just well, well put together, crisp kind of show. And then you had this kind of slow paced. Kind of, well, it wasn't too slow paced, but it was still just there was a lot in it. I think they were trying to like fit too much into it and i was like oh no you're all right i'm not i'm not intrigued by anything the duke story is interesting um but i'm like no it it was just no
0: i am so so disappointed lisa
1: sorry sorry um apologies to bridgerton (laughs) fans out there all 82 million of you who are only watching it for one reason and you know what that is Okay. Just well,
0: I, I, I expect Dave to destroy it and Lisa to love it so maybe we're oh. going to have a, a, a change here at the table Dave, what did you make of Bridgerton?
2: Well, Gary <laughs> <laughs> You see, I'm so happy that Lisa went first now I really am uh, first of all, uh, because you mentioned at the at the opening of, of this segment, you mentioned uh, um, our fellow Galwegian uh, Nicola Coughlin, who is, uh, I know her family well, I know her mother and her father, God rest him, uh, she lives quite close to me, she, she and I don't know each other because it was a bit of an age gap, but I know her family well, and I'd firstly like to say just for her, for her benefit, if she's listening, she probably isn't, she's too busy. Nicola, you did a great job, she is a great actress, she really, really is a great actress, Her range from Bridgerton to Derry Girls really shows her chops. And her appearance on The Late Late Show recently, because of her star rising, she was a little nervous on The Late Late Show, which is understandable, but she was so eloquent and she spoke about, you know, she's she's a um, body image advocate because, you know, on paper, you know, her body does not conform to the Hollywood norms of nonsense. And she stands up for that. And I love that fact that she does that because we need to, Stamp out that nonsense. She is a talent. She's going to go far. And great job, Nicola. We love yeah.
0: you. However, Brid- Bridgerton
2: as a as a piece of entertainment, deep breath. Um, it's utter nonsense.
1: <laughs> That's no, it's not it's historical.
2: Utter, it's not historical. So <laughs> why set it in a historical era? They just thought, oh, I want to do fancy. The costume designers. Um, the costumes are amazing. They are not historically accurate. Regency dresses were not that colour spectrum. Didn't exist. Those kind of... So if I, if we made a, a... Like if you look at a, a fantastical historical sci-fi movie like... Um, what's the one with Hugh Jackman chasing vampires?
1: Oh, Underworld. Underworld, one of those things. Yeah,
2: There's a certain... The production designers and the costume designers come in and they do their job to give it a certain look. And they might, you know, colour outside the lines, pardon the pun, a little bit. But Bridgerton is literally a crayon scribbling all over the whole page and off onto the table. The colours of the costumes are not realistic. Those colour dyes didn't exist in the time. Many of the materials didn't exist at the time. Lots of the digital wide shots are were made on an Atari ST from 1986. <laughs> They're crap. It completely takes you out of the the reality that they're trying to create, the whole idea with entertainment is to suspend your disbelief. Every frame of this enhances my disbelief. Um, For example, Dave
0: Coyne, are you telling me that you were sitting down watching British and you were like, that dress now wasn't from the 1800s.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the costume designers, though they have masterful skill, it wasn't period correct. Some of the music, the music
0: is contemporary music played in that style, mm-hmm.
2: and also like, I know we touched on this a moment ago, but like the the colorblind casting is very admirable and you know great, but it very much distances people who tune in thinking they're going to get a historically accurate piece of entertainment because they look at the promo for this and they go, "Oh right, Downton Abbey." Uh, What's the other one? Uh, oh. Game of Thrones. No, not Game of Thrones. <laughs> that's a fantasy. Oh, damn! Poldark, Poldark, oh, yeah. uh, uh, Downton Abbey, and they go, oh, that's that's looks like my kind of thing. This is like somebody looking at Get Smart, thinking they're going to watch a James Bond movie because it's got spies in it. This is completely just dis- just dis- dis- detached from reality. The dialogue. What? Oh, and Lisa touched on this as well. The first episode was so jam-packed with characters and people that were less than one-dimensional. So that's why Lisa's going, I'm, I don't know what she's called or who she is, because we got no character fleshing out. They were all tropes, two one-dimensional, this, that, and the other, flat nonsense.
0: Okay, but you mentioned Game of Thrones being a fantasy. People weren't saying, oh, is that what it was like in the Middle Ages? and so this is a fantasy. It's 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 not a history piece. Yeah, but more there, than it's it's,
2: it's based in London, in the Regency times. You've got the Queen. You've got the Royal Court. You've got people in the background who are wearing the correct costumes. You you've got King have, George the Third going matching mad. King King George the Third. You've got going people, mad. Yeah, you've got. There's there's lots of reality anchors in this to base it. If they said in a galaxy far, far away at the beginning, you'd say, okay, this is you know completely off the map. Like the, in, When you watch Star Wars, it doesn't say down the road in North London and then your man walks in with a lightsaber. They set the scene. Its basic storytelling was fired out the window and they said, let's do whatever the hell we want. And sadly, I think the pandemic and the fact that we're all exhausted and we just want complete escapism And this 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 eighty two million people, this is the biggest example in the modern world of being in the right place at the right time. Escapist Instagram meets history, Regency nonsense. Eighty two million people are stuck at home watching Netflix. That's why the thing.
0: The eighty two million was for the Queen's gambit, not for.
1: No, 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 no. Eighty two million is for Bridgerton. They. It was like yesterday that they said that.
0: Yeah. All right. Gary's wow. too
2: busy to watch the news. Yeah, Bridgerton is the biggest Netflix launch of all time, and like, here's the thing: I'd like to clarify. This production has great merit. All of the actors in it are doing a great job. Seriously, I'm not just saying that because I know one of them. Like the 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 lead guy, who's who I'm a heterosexual now, but I can tell you, he's a very handsome uh, man. This Duke guy, I don't even know the actor's name. Yeah. The guy who plays the juke Renee, very handsome man. He's a good actor. He's ripped. He's elegant. A lot of the Bridgerton boys are handsome guys. A lot of the ladies are, you know, really good looking ladies, great actresses, great actors. They're performing well. They perform some of this very chewy, wannabe Jane Austen dialogue. They perform it very, very well. Some of the direction is not bad, but I think some of the production choices just undermine all of the good work that the actors and the directors are doing because they're. The, the costume designers are doing whatever they like. And the, the set designers are doing whatever they like. There's three billion rose petals outside somebody's house. It's like completely unrealistic. And it just takes you out of it. And it's a subliminal thing. And I'm going to give you a little bit of insight here. My mother and my sister, who are demographic square one, my mother has watched Poldark probably three times. Bought the DVDs, watches them religiously. Uh, watches uh, *Downton Abbey*. I bought her the full *Downton Abbey* box set. She watches it more often than I watch *The Simpsons*. And they saw this and they were chomping at the bit. They were like, "Woohoo! We're delighted. We got this new show right up our street." They watched one episode, one episode, and they were like, "No, no, nonsense." I mean, I believe in episodes. I believe in episode 4 I haven't seen it but I've read about it's it. It's
1: 5 it's number 5 you're looking Ep- for episode there four or five that
2: the, the 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 colorblind casting shall we call it is explained in the plot. That's oh. fine.
1: That's all. No that's, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay
2: well maybe that's not but it, like apparently the queen of the time and it's explaining this um, historical inaccuracy of the position that black people had at the time. Now I love the fact that they're. It's a very interesting experiment. But in terms of your demographic and the people who want to watch this, they want to watch historically accurate drama. That's what they want to watch. They don't want to watch this mashup between history and Instagram, where you can do whatever the hell you like, and it just breaks the fourth wall. And people are like, "That's not realistic." Like mm. today, if we if we had a modern program today. And you have a black person who is a duke or an OBE or an MBE or whatever. That's realistic because thankfully the world has changed. Thank goodness. But in those days, it was completely unrealistic. And if they're using the reality of women can't do this and women can't do that, only the men, and they're using that reality, then they have to use all of the reality that existed at the time. It's about the universe that they're living in has to be consistent. And I found it very jarring. And I watched the second episode. I forced myself. I did not want to watch the second episode. And I must say, the second episode was a little bit better. But as Lisa said, it's all just a soap opera. It's a very, very expensive soap opera. It's like Fair City won the lotto.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, I'm upset now. Let's just get the scores. Lisa out of 10.
1: (laughs) Okay, I'm going to be nice. I'm giving it a four because I'm nice.
0: Dave?
2: I'm not going to be nice. I know. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. And I'm going to
2: reiterate before I say my score that, you know, uh, Nicola, you did a great job. You're a great actress. I love Derry Girls. It's awesome. You are a star in the, in the making and you are excellent in this. But the people who are putting the costumes on you. It's wonderful for a party or a ball or the late, late show or whatever. But for a Regency set in Regency, England, London, it's nonsense, so I'm going to give it, like, a two.
0: Okay, there you go. That is uh, Bridgerton on Netflix getting an overall average score of 10 out of 10.
2: (laughs) (laughs) you got to be realistic, Gary. You (laughs) can't just throw (laughs) the numbers, you know.
0: Thank you very much for watching or listening to our latest episode of Just Like in the Movies, and hopefully... By the time it comes to the next season, we'll be back again doing it in person. Uh, but thank you to everyone who has been supporting uh, the podcast over the last couple of years, especially over the last few months, It really has gained strong popularity. So thank you. We do appreciate it. And that's why we're doing it still virtually from the comfort of our snazzy offices and homes for you to hopefully put a bit of a smile and give you a bit of a laugh during these challenging times, as they say. So, Lisa, thank you very much for joining us. Welcome. Nice to be here. Dave, thank you pleasure as always stay safe stay happy stay healthy and we'll talk to you again next week